0: Amen. Thank you, choir. Church, take your Bibles, turn back to Habakkuk the prophet, Habakkuk the prophet in the latter part of the Old Testament, same place we were last week. I'm going to do a little review with you for a moment, and that simply uh, means that some of the things that we looked at last week, I want to highlight again before we look into that passage. that talks about the Lord renewing His work in the midst of the years. Uh, Thank you, choir, for again your leadership with us in our time of worship and praise. And as they uh, acclimate themselves back in the sanctuary, uh, I know that uh, you'll be thankful as well. Last week we uh, preached from this subject in Hebrew, uh, not Hebrews, Habakkuk chapter 3. If you remember verse number 1 and verse number 2 there, uh, we we saw things like this. But in the first chapter is where these uh, thoughts came from. He said, Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear? It's very possible that you have cried like that or you have prayed like that. Uh, you were persistent in your prayer, and let me, let me just remind you, uh, hey, God wants us to be dependent upon Him, and the prophet here said, Lord, how long shall I cry, and you will not hear? It also was not just persistent, but it was a petitionary cry, even cry out unto thee of violence and thou wilt not save. Uh, So we see there he was very pointed in what he was crying out to God for or because of. And it also was a painful cry, for he said, Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? Well, you know, sometimes uh, I have to confess to you I'm not fully aware of what God is doing in my prayer life either, and I sometimes want to be like Uh, Habakkuk the prophet, I want to cry out persistently, Lord, please uh, hear my cry and make Yourself known uh, in this generation. I remind you that he was writing somewhere between 722 B.C. and 605 or 597 B.C. as well. We find the prophet comes on the scene there when there is great need. Uh, We find that Judah... Uh, has not learned from the ten northern tribes uh, and now they had went into captivity to the Assyrians and now Judah uh, is concerned uh, of what might happen and the Babylonians are set there uh, almost perched to attack at the right opportunity. So we set the scene now for what he cried out in chapter 3, and that is uh, what we shared with you last week. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years, and that comes out of Habakkuk chapter 3, verse number 1 and verse number 2. Uh, the plight that they were working through, I remind you, uh, it was oppression. Uh, some call it, it had led to depression, and as a result of that, it reminds me much of our day. See, Habakkuk had a word with God, and that word was, How long shall I cry, and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. The word for God was this, though, a prayer of Habakkuk there in Shigionoth, O Lord, I have heard thy speech, and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work. In the midst of the years, in the midst of the years, make known in wrath, remember mercy. Can I encourage your church today to know that uh, there is a great uh, urgency that we begin to cry out like uh, Habakkuk did himself. We are living in oppressive times, uh, we're living in depressing times, and if we're not careful, and uh, not able to keep our focus, we may do what Judah did and tragically go the way of captivity. A couple of words I want you to focus with me on today. And that is in that middle part of verse number 2 there, when he said, O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. The two words uh, I want you to focus on with me for the next few minutes is, Thy work. What is the Lord's work? I said to the early group this morning if I had been asked a few weeks ago to describe to them or who it be, maybe anybody who would have walked up to me and said, hey, Pastor, tell me what the Lord's work is. I might have stuttered. I might have stammered around as if I did not know. Uh, and I may not be clear on that with you today, but we want to focus for the next few minutes on what is the Lord's work. I carry you to a couple of uh, passages in the Old Testament. Psalm 95, 9 says, When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Uh, Can I remind you, that is a reference that was made uh, of the time after Israel, the children there uh, of the Hebrew heritage came out of Egypt, Uh, they went into the land there uh that was flowing with milk and honey the spies have come back and now the scripture tells us that 10 out of 12 said we cannot go in we cannot possess it and the lord said well for every year I mean for every day that you were there you'll spend a year in cap- uh, not in captivity but wandering through the wilderness what happened the lord said they saw my work but they proved me and they were found unworthy. There's a passage in chapter 6 here of uh, John's gospel, and they asked him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Then Jesus answered said unto them, This is the work of God that ye believe on whom he hath sent. Now the question is, what is the work of God? Yes, many of you are actively engaged in something in kingdom work. Praise the Lord that the King of glory has involved us in His work. But again, if I were to ask you, possibly, or you were to ask me to sit down and decide or declare what the Lord's work is, uh, we would come up with multiple answers, I'm sure. So over the next few minutes, I want us to try to speak to that Real quickly, John chapter 4 verse 34 said, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Now, I always like to look back and see what Jesus would say, okay? And what I discover here is that Jesus teaching uh, his disciples, and we'll make a reference back to this context of this verse. But he said, My meat is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His uh, work. The word work itself sort of challenges us, to do it not? Yes, you probably have already planned your day for tomorrow. Some of you might possibly have to pull a shift tonight uh, on your job. I'm not sure. But we call it our work, do we? Well, the Lord wants us to focus on His work. Three things I give you this morning concerning His work. Let's think of the work of evangelism. When I think about the work of evangelism, that is not the pastor's work. That is one of the works that we're engaged in with Him. And I pray that you'll likewise see that that's a part of the Lord's work that He's also called you to engage in as well. He tells us in Matthew 28, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He told them uh, there again in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, tarry ye here in Jerusalem till you're endued with the Spirit. Then shall you go forth into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. What was that work? It was the work of evangelism. There's also the work of encouragement that is vital. Friend, I have found very few people in my life that would say to me, I've never needed anybody's encouragement. Matter of fact, uh, i be honest with you, I've never had anybody to be so brazen as to think that either. Why? Because every one of us at some point in our life has needed that encouragement. Do you know that God uses us to carry out the work of evangelism? The Lord uses us to carry forth the work of encouragement. And as a result of that, thirdly, there's the work of enlightenment, and that is that we all see God at work in the midst of His people, using folks like you and I. I want to give you three quick things now about the Lord's work today. And I hope you'll just sort of get up here and let's just carry it there in our hearts uh, from this time forth. Why? Because if you know anything about the Lord's work or church work, uh, you know that there is an urgent need today to revive the church work in the midst of our years, so to speak. Now, again, Habakkuk said, Lord, revive thy work uh, in the midst of the years yes today you were in a small group bible study yes two day, two weeks ago or so the choir renewed their leadership in our worship services there are incremental things that we are now continuing to press forward with again some of these things we haven't done in 16 months or so And as a result of that, it is uh, challenging to move ahead with that which we know God is doing in our midst. The Lord's work is urgent. It is pressing. It is critical. It is serious. In the New Testament, there's a passage, John chapter four, verse thirty-four. John chapter four, verse thirty-four and thirty-five. It said, "Jesus saith unto them, that them are his disciples." He said, "'My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, uh, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields. They are white, uh, already ready to harvest.'" Now, some of you are aware of the harvest. You've been to the garden. You've harvested something. Maybe you say, oh, don't we, we don't harvest beans. We pick them. You understand where I'm going from there. Uh, you've got your little garden. You're picking squash. You're picking cucumbers. You have green beans. And oh, before you know it, you know, that thing is in a full-blown mode. And before you know it, rather than waste that, you will share it with others. You know what Jesus said about His harvest? He said there, don't wait uh, and say that the harvest is coming. He said the harvest, which is the harvest there uh, of kingdom work, He said that it is uh, even now already. And the context of this is coming out of John chapter 4, when Jesus and His disciples were journeying back to Galilee, and they go through a route that is not the most common route, and the reason was that Jesus wanted to be at Jacob's well by lunch that day, and He sends the disciples back into town, or back up to Burger King or somewhere, and said, Hey guys, go get you some lunch. And there at the well that day came a lady to draw water, and the reason she came at, at lunch that day, because that's not a common time for people to be at the well. And the reasoning being because she was a lady uh, there that needed uh, some attention, and Jesus carried himself there. And the beauty of that is, as he shared his life with her, she goes into town and shares uh, Jesus with others. And the disciples come back and they say, Lord, have you ate anything yet? He said, no. He said, I'm not hungry because my my meat, what will satisfy me is to do the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now, folks, I don't want to sound too funny here, but how many of us would miss a meal just thinking about the Lord's work? Jesus would then teach that thought of verse 35. Don't go around saying, it's not time of the harvest. You know, I've said and I've felt this way for many years, watching church work and being participant in that. And that is, there's really two good seasons of church growth. Number one, it's when school starts again, and number two, it's in the first of the new year. But I believe this year is something different. And I believe the opportunity that we have coming out of the pandemic and things, I think that we need to open our eyes to the harvest because the harvest is now. The Lord's work is urgent. When I thought about the Lord's work being urgent, do not limit God's work by procrastinating. Any procrastinators in the building? other than myself, you know what, it's easy to say, you know what, we'll do that tomorrow. Or it might be easy to say, hey, you know what, I'll stop by there next week. It could be only me, but the reality is still the same. Sometimes uh, we are limiting God's work by procrastinating on the urgent. Absolutely, yes, common people do this. Now, the disciples, when they come back to Jesus, they were very concerned about His life. It's not that they were neglecting Him. Jesus wanted to meet that lady at the well. And as be, as a result of that, if there were any procrastinating, it was not going to be with the message. It was going to be with the meal. Folks, let's be encouraged today. Let's be very thoughtful today. What is it that we're saying in a couple of months it'll be ready for? You know, we might be looking at an individual and say, you know, I'm going to try to find the opportunistic time to share with that individual. The work there is urgent. Do not limit God's work by disbelieving. I'm pretty sure none of you are people of unbelief. If you're saved, you're not a person of unbelief. However, the people of God can be people of disbelief. We believe God can, but do we believe God will in our situation? Habakkuk the prophet, you know what, he just appeared on the scene. I don't remember anywhere prior that he was mentioned. I don't remember anywhere futuristic of this three-chapter book of Habakkuk even being remembered. But oh, my friend, what a message he had for the moment. My attention was drawn this week to that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 and 58, and I'll read it if you'll allow me. The verse says, But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And I was reading to you from the, National, uh, from the New International Version. And the reason I did is because I like the way the translation was made there when it says, give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Why? Because it's urgent. It's urgent. I told the group that I was teaching in Sunday school, I says, every single one of us in here are older than we've ever been. a matter of fact, tomorrow I could say that again and it'd still be true. Friend, he said, until the end, give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Now, I'm consciously aware of the fact that nobody, well, not nobody, let me retract that, most people go through a process, it's called aging, and if we're not careful, what happens is we cannot do everything we used to do. Secondly, if we can do everything we used to do, we cannot do it near as long. But I promise you, that what God does call us to do is urgent. Why? Because now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. I've thought on this verse this week as well, 1 Thessalonians five nineteen, Quench not the Spirit. The Spirit is the one who is working in and through us to accomplish God's work. Secondly, not only is the Lord's work urgent, but also the Lord, Lord's work is significant. Do you have any significant things in your life? I'm sure you have significant people in your life, but are there significant things in your life? I call your attention to 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 9 through 15. It is an Old Testament story of a man of authority named Naaman of a prophet named Elisha. The story tells us that Naaman came down with leprosy, and there happened to be a lady there that knew of the prophet. And in the course of this chapter, she said, if you would go visit the prophet, and the first thing they did is they packed their stuff and they headed out toward the prophet's house. The scripture tells us that when they get to the prophet's house, Naaman and his group of people, they get to the door of Elisha, and they knock on the door, and it says, Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and you'll be clean. Well, that's a good story, isn't it? except for the fact that Naaman got angry. Naaman was wroth, verse 11 said, and he went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. In other words, now we find uh, the man who is angry because the prophet didn't take time to come to the door and welcome him. And pronounce the cleansing. Can I remind you today, the Lord's work is significant. I don't say Elisha was wrong by not coming to the door, but can I promise you in the Lord's work, there's sometimes that God is at work when we don't understand it fully. He's using methodology that we might not have before embraced. And the scripture tells us that Naaman was wroth. I love those people that went with Naaman. And they said in verse 13, His servants come near and they speak to him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then when he said to thee, Wash and be clean. Sometimes it's good that we just got somebody around us with some urgency. And that person said to Naaman, why don't you just do what the prophet said? Now friend, let me just remind you the Lord's work is significant. It is important. It is substantial. It is weighty. None of us can comprehend the uniqueness of how God is at work in people's lives that are around us. And sometimes we miss the picture because we focus so much on the method. Do you know God wants you to be involved in work just like he was in Naaman's life and Elisha's life? You know, it was a woman, if I remember correctly, was the one that told Naaman's people about Elisha to start with. Look at the little people who some historians would consider insignificant doing what God had bid her do. I got a couple of things that I wrote in my notes there that probably for nobody other than myself. But it's this first, seldom is God flashy, but he's always faithful. What you see on television in the name of Jesus is not always how God works. I hope you don't get angry for what I just said. God is seldom flashy, but he's always at work. Friend, let me just bid you, don't be looking in the things of beauty and color and flashiness. Look at God in the simple things. There's a second thing I'm still learning. God is seldom early, but he's never late. You know, Habakkuk sort of felt that way, did he? When he said, oh Lord... Revive thy work in the midst of the years. See, I'm only trying to get you to focus on three things of God's work. Number one is evangelism. Number two is encouragement. Number three, there is enlightenment. Yes, God's work is urgent. Just think about the next time you use this sentence and say, I have got to. Finish that sentence any way you want to. But you know what you just ascribed? That that is urgent. It might be as simple as I have got to get the oil changed in my truck before vacation. Or I have got to go see my mother before something happens to either she or I. Friend, let me tell you, that's urgent. God is still working among us. And his work is urgent. Don't procrastinate about it. His work is significant. And thirdly, the Lord's work is interdependent. I also looked up and I could have found other words that were synonymous with that. You say, well, why didn't you use a simpler word? Because I wanted you to see something. God doesn't always accomplish his work through a single person, I didn't say he never does. We saw already that when Elisha said, go dip yourself in the muddy Jordan River, hey, he should have went and dipped. But what we see is many times God works through multiple people to accomplish His purpose. The scripture reminds me in 1 Corinthians 3, 5 to 7, Who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. We find Paul said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth. Notice, neither he that planteth, neither he that watereth, but God giveth the increase. I'm excited to tell you, God is still at work. We've made statements over the last year, year and a half, saying, hey, the church is yet to see what's going to be the new norm. I sort of hope we don't ever get back to seeing the same old thing the same old ways. I would much rather us see our God have freedom to accomplish His purpose in His way through us collectively. Remember, God chose you. Remember, Jesus cleansed you by His blood, and also we need to remember He commissioned us. A couple of verses I close with this morning. Acts 13:41. Behold, ye despisers and wonder, and perish, for I will work a work in your days, a work which you shall in no wise believe though a man declare it unto you. I love that passage. I will work a work in your days, which you shall in no wise believe, even though somebody told it to you. Can I tell you what Habakkuk the prophet said? He said, Behold ye among the heathen, and regard and wonder marvelously, For I will work a work in your days which you will not believe though it be told you. It wasn't good enough just to come through the prophet's mouth, Habakkuk. God wanted it restated in the early church life. He said, I am going to work a work. Now friend, might I challenge you and challenge me to understand that those things we do in the name of our Lord Jesus through the power of His Spirit, those things are the Lord's work. Will you use your hands to His glory? Use your head to God's glory? Use your feet to His glory? Or will we just procrastinate? Ease our way through in hope that maybe we make a difference.